Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I'm so old that I remember when they worried that Trump was going to weaponize the DOJ. My God, there is not a way to describe the level of fallout from this raid on Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump's home. So much so that Democrats are not the... You're you're not hearing them scream, well, this was the greatest thing in the world, all right, Eric Swalwell, because Eric Swalwell's a yutz. They know that politically, this is awful. They know that in in, in the reality-based society, this looks like retribution. It really does. Because it is. It really, really is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number here, you want to be part of the show? It's cool by me. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, which reminds me, I may have to apologize to a caller from yesterday because Trump is making my life difficult. First things first, the the numbers are out. Consumer prices rising 8.5%. 8.5 percent but don't tell that to joe biden before i begin today i want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy actually i just want to say a number zero today we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of july zero percent here's what that means while the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. You did not have 0% inflation in the month of July. You, you, uh, God, it's just too difficult. What you had is no change in the inflation rate. Thus, you get 8.5% for the 12 months ending July, which is indeed smaller then the 9.1% for the period ending in June. That is the all items index. With, without food and energy, things rose 0.3% in July, a smaller increase than in April, May, or June. So you can point to those things and say, okay, a little bit less. It's not zero. Part of the reason for this is how much gas prices have gone down because supply and demand is very real. And people aren't driving as much. $5 was the threshold. We're not driving. We're not going anywhere. I have a whole story about how more people are going to Applebee's to eat who make of a higher income bracket. Why? They still want to go out to eat, but they don't want to go to the places that they normally went to. They feel they get a better deal with some mozzarella sticks. So I don't know what Applebee's sells, but they got it. Right? You get a blooming onion uh, there at the uh, at the uh, Outback. You get an awesome blossom of chili. Whatever giant fried onion thing you can get. Onion rings at Burger King are good enough by me. These places, IHOP and and Applebee's are up between 6 and 8% because people have changed patterns and therefore they're buying less gas because they've changed patterns going out less. So that number went down considerably, supply and demand conversation, and that has created a level of balancing off. We've, we're balancing out. We've got Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, who's going to be with us in a little bit to break it all down. 
Biden can't have this be the top story. Why? Because he's the guy whose Justice Department raided the home of Donald Trump when it absolutely wasn't necessary. Let's break down the basics. Donald Trump possibly has documents that shouldn't be in his possession. They should be part of the National Archives. This is a conversation that's been going on for months, and boxes of materials were returned to the National Archives, I believe it was in January. There had been ongoing conversations about other things that the Archives believes, based on the Presidential Records Act, belongs in their control. There are laws about these things. So it's a conversation. That's fine. For what reason would you engage in the raid of a house? For what reason would you raid his home? There is no rational reason to do so at all. This was CNN. About the Presidential Records Act now and have for quite some time. If this becomes a Presidential Records Act violation, not more, do you think it is enough to warrant all of this? No, it's not enough to warrant all this. And this is a daring and dangerous move by the Department of Justice to serve a warrant on a former president and to raid his personal residence. Um, so I have to think that the Department of Justice must have something more than an argument about what kind of records have to be saved for a presidential library or the Library of Congress at some future date. So how in the world did they get the warrant signed? Let's make the argument that they've got something else they're concerned with and not just the fact that the records might be there, a violation of the Presidential Records Act, I think it was 1978 or 73, I don't remember. What was the warrant? We think we have something? The warrant was you're looking for the specific thing, right? No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. You know what that is? That's not me just talking in a really cool way. That's the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So if it's not about the Presidential Records Act, which is, for, for many people, believed to be the pretext here, what was it about? Well, Trump has the, 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 a copy of the warrant. He can release it. No, 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 no. Oh, Trump's, I, we hear Trump is hiring a lawyer. He must think he's getting arrested soon. They just raided your house. You'd hire a lawyer too, you. Tony, breathe. It's a family show. Let's, 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 let's remember that, Tony. Let's not get too crazy. Let's, let's think, you know what? Let's just sing a happy song. Well, it's a Sunday day. Yeah, Tony, I know you want to sing a happy song, but these are terrible people who are more than willing to break the law 
any time they want, any chance they get. They don't care that they're following rules or not following rules. These are people who created a dossier to be able to attack Trump, and they knew that the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax was absolutely that. You can't just sit there and sing happy songs. You got to go out there and kick their... You know, it would have been better if I had hit the right button right away. That second cost me the whole joke, damn it. Ah, it's so angry. But the question remains, what the hell were these people looking for that required a raid of 30 FBI agents? That's that's CNN. And if that CNN won't do it for you, how about uh, Clapper, former director of national intelligence? A guy who I think is awful. Him and Brennan. John Brennan is the worst low life out there. And proof that CNN is garbage. Don Lemon and S.E. Cup need to get their heads out of their you-know-whats. Garbage network. Start hiring better people. The former commie, a known liar, John Brennan. Andrew McCabe, a guy who lied to his own FBI agents. And this is what I'm supposed to think of as the class? Good Lord. You got Mary Catherine Ham. Now you just need like four or five more and you could be all right. John Clapper. I want to get reaction to this from former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, who joins us now. Director Clapper. I said John Clapper, it's James Clapper. I'm with it. Top congressional Republicans are trying to frame this search warrant as nothing more than the weaponization of the Justice Department for political purposes. How do you see it? Well... Um, as a longtime uh, public servant uh, in the government, um, I guess uh, I'm looking at it more from a uh, compliance uh, standpoint than uh, perhaps a politician might. Um, on its face, uh, you know, the, any, any documents generated during the presidency are actually the property of the government, or more specifically, the people. And if they are, happen to be classified, then that actually compounds the importance of securing these documents because it could range from intelligence to nuclear command control, who knows? Having said all that, uh, I uh, agree with uh, uh, speakers in a, in a previous segment that there has to be something more than just um, the presence of, of classified uh, documents at Mar-a-Lago, I, I think it has to be tied to something else. And What is the something else then? But you have multiple people agreeing that raiding someone's house for a violation of the Presidential Records Act doesn't fly. Now, this isn't the only thing that Trump is dealing with. You had a court say that uh, Congress, the House Ways and Means Committee, is entitled to Trump's tax returns. What the hell is the point still of tax returns? Only to embarrass the man, only to attack the man, might be too little too late, because enough people are disgusted by what they saw with the FBI that they're willing to vote for him again. You had Congressman Jim Banks, who was on the show yesterday, who went to New Jersey with a group of people, a part of the Republican Study Committee, to visit with Trump. And he walks out of there saying, oh, man, Trump is jazzed. Trump is feeling good. He goes on with Laura Ingram that night. Uh, Trump's made his decision. But does this raid change that calculation in your estimation? And what would be gained by an earlier announcement? 
Well, I think if, if anything, the raid uh, unifies Republicans in the outrage. And we're all hearing it from constituents in our districts. I'm hearing it from every Republican colleague in the House that I've talked to today, and I've talked to, to dozens of them today about what happened last night. It unifies us in our outrage to fight back. And if anything, it paves the way for Donald Trump to unify the party once again and run for president. I, I really believe if he gets out and hits the campaign trail, he's going to fire up Republicans and, and, and non-traditional Republicans to come out to the polls in November to fight back against the corruption of this administration. What they I would argue with Congressman Banks that Ron DeSantis and others can do this as well. It doesn't have to specifically be Trump. But you can't deny that things have opened up. And now you see them uh, saying, oh, yeah, we can get a look at your taxes. That's going to get appealed. It's just another part of the witch hunt conversation, which starts to, with with no effect from Trump whatsoever, from the effect of others, really look like that. For people who never saw it that way, that's how it smacks. That's how it looks. Then you've got Trump testifying in New York in front of the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, who's been on this witch hunt for forever and a day, saying that the Trump company, the Trump organization, misstated the value of prized assets, golf courses, skyscrapers, this is how it's reported, misleading lenders and tax authorities to get tax breaks and bank loans. Okay. Um, I can't wait until uh, they do uh, Paul Pelosi and his... Uh, and his stocks, it's not going to move anybody. It's not going to move anybody. You're going to charge Trump with a crime, or you're going to charge the organization with failing to do X, Y, and Z? More of what is viewed as attack. I don't make the argument that Trump is perfect. I have made the argument that I want to learn the lessons from the man. I don't need the man. If you ask me if I'm a Trump guy or a DeSantis guy, if we're going to play that game, I would say to you I get everything that Trump could offer with DeSantis and I get less baggage, I would go with DeSantis. You you would have to take a look at everything and then somehow dismiss the reality that Trump has got some baggage that goes along with him. But what kind of fool would, would do away with the reality of what has taken place over the last 48 hours? Anything possible to attack the man? We're watching this happen in real time in the United States. It's Beria. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. This is not who we are. This isn't how Americans act. And what the FBI and the DOJ has done here is despicable. The, 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 the continued attempt to slaughter a human being just because you don't like him. You decided he's the threat to democracy. I think weaponizing the DOJ and the IRS is a threat to democracy, but hey, I'm old school. So does this all move Trump and help Trump? Of course. Wait, what are are you, criminally insane? Of course. Is Trump going to announce? I still don't have an answer for that. I know what Congressman Banks says. I know what other people have said. I know what's been whispered in my ear. I'm telling you I don't know. What do I think, honestly? I don't. But if you tell, if you ask me, what do I think this raid has done to 2022? Any momentum the left thought they had was is is freaking gone.
You think abortion gave you momentum? Over. You think the jobs report last month, which is a good jobs report, by the way, gives you momentum? Over. You think today uh, an inflation number, 8.5%, gives you momentum? 8.5% is freaking terrible, by the way. And wrong. It's over. The raid changes everything. The raid is the story, not what document does Trump have. It was how you went about it. That's the story. Oh, by the way, I I, I said, I said that I, I I owe a caller an apology. And I had someone call yesterday, and say, you know, you got the FBI in there, and you know, who knows? They might be planting this. They, they could be planting fentanyl. And, and at that moment, I was like, okay, stop. They're absolutely not planting fentanyl. In the president's house, the former president's house. Today's a Daily Mail. Trump suggests FBI could have planted evidence during 10-hour-long power flex raid at Mar-a-Lago because his team were blocked from watching, and the DOJ wanted security cameras turned off. They also went through Melania's wardrobe. They didn't let his lawyers watch is a huge part of this story. I don't know what standard there. I'm waiting for more information. But now he's discussing planted evidence. And you know what? He gets he gets a, a get out of jail free. Anything they find, oh, the FBI put it there. Prove that they didn't. It's not going to be fentanyl. But Trump brought up the whole planting thing. So now I got to apologize. Caller yesterday. I love you, Boo Bear. The president's with you. Me, I'm going to start drinking bourbon. But even with this, man, the left is looking really bad right now. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. There was a story out about Biden and his payroll. And I'm like, is this a story that in 2020-2021, the Biden staff payroll was $100.7 million? $100.7 million. Now, I must admit, I don't have a uh, understanding of exactly uh what the average payroll would be. But it seems that the Biden White House employed 560 people fiscal year 2021 and 474 in this year. He's got 100 more staffers than Trump, who was 374, and Obama had 469. Um... I I don't know. I, does anybody else find that number huge? Now, maybe it's not, like, but I just, Trump had far less people. 100 less people is a lot less people. You need 500 people to run an administration? It just seems, just seems odd. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. First, the economic plan is working, and second is building an economy that will reward work. Wages are up this month, provide opportunity, help the middle class, and still have work to do, but we're on track.
Supply Inflation Report, and CNN Chief Business Correspondent Christine Romans is here to break down the numbers. Christine, tell us what you're seeing. Look, it didn't get worse, and that is what a lot of people were really zeroing in on here. Uh, inflation in the month up 8.5% year over year in July. In June, it was 9.1%. So that's that sign of cooling in this still hot inflation. I think you can say that the boil is off, but this is a still very hot near a 40-year high uh, for inflation. So the numbers are out. The CPI, the Consumer Price Index, showing 8.5% inflation year over year for the month of July, down from the 9.1%. But you have people who are very excited because it shows itself flat in the growth between June and July. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz, today, am I to take from this? That inflation is over, uh, as you just heard there from CNN. Uh, The boil is off, but it's still very hot. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. You can find him on Twitter, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on Twitter. Uh, you take a look at these numbers. What do they say to you? Well, Tony, what it tells me is people only read the headlines. Do they bother reading anything other than the headline? That's, I just got that question for the world. Because if you read down the very first sentence in the report from the Labor Department, what you see is that food is up 13% annualized. Housing is up 6% annualized. Tony, it was the drop in gas. The drop in gas is what made it flat. The drop in energy costs made this flat. If it weren't for that, Tony, we would have another record month of increases in inflation. So let's uh, discuss this because food is, is broken down into two categories. I'm taking a look at the, at the chart just like you are. There's food at home and food away from home. Right. That's what I'm looking at right here from BLS.gov, Bureau of Labor Statistics. So break down what those numbers are. Well, annualized. I like annualized, Tony. Most people don't. You know, the, 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 not most people, the media and the White House, they like to say the last 12 months. So uh, food at home up 13 percent over 12 months, uh, food away from home up 7.6 percent over 12 months. Um, I like to look at the month times 12, Tony. A month times 12 is 13% eating, um, eating up, or I'm sorry, 13% total between the two. That's what I think we should look at more closely. Because when you go to the grocery store to buy dinner, it's up 13%, Tony. That's insane. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about supermarket, talking about meat prices. But yeah, I will have this White House and others tell me uh, that things are coming down. I'll have Paul Krugman, Nobel laureate in, in, in economics. He's got you beat there, sir. Uh, telling me that a butcher is, uh, he's overhearing a conversation from a butcher saying meat prices are actually coming down. There's this continued move to say things that aren't said, but break down this energy part because we've seen gas prices go down. And of course, I applaud gas prices going down, but there is a supply and demand conversation taking place that makes this, I mean, good that they're going down, but showing an indicative of a problem. Tony, that's exactly right. People don't understand why they're going down. They started going down in January of this year. Why? or not, I'm sorry, not January, just a a few months ago. Why? Because a recession is here. Energy prices drop during a recession because there's less demand. So 
they're dropping for the wrong reason, Tony. They're dropping because businesses don't need energy because they don't need to produce stuff because they don't need employees and they don't need to sell product. During a growth stage in the economy, there's a demand for energy, so the prices go up. We are now back. Right now, Tony, we are the exact same prices when the Russian sanctions began. So all we've done is what you and I talked about back in March, Tony, that Russia would eventually figure out how to sell their oil. They sold none of it to India. Now they're selling a lot to India. They sold very little to China. Now they're selling a lot to China. The, the market has worked itself out. So the Russian sanctions are now meaningless from an energy standpoint. And all we are at is 90 bucks a barrel where we, when Biden was elected, it was at $40 a barrel. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. By the way, you're right on the head there. West Texas Intermediate is at 91. Brent crude is at 96.68. The market itself was up 500. Right now, the Dow is up uh, or has been, up, I should say, as much as, as 500. We've seen it drop down into the upper fours. The market's excited by this. The NASDAQ up over 300. Why shouldn't we cheer this as something positive? A lesser number has got to be better, right? It is better, Tony. And, and the market is up because they thought it was going to be worse. So, there's, so this is our definition of success now, Tony. It could have been a lot worse. We could have been in really, really bad shape. I mean, Tony, that's our definition of success in this era is it could have been a lot worse but it's still really bad. We only have the third highest uh, inflation rate in the history of our uh, modern keeping of records. Let's take a, a look back at this, uh, some of these numbers, because there's uh, all items less food and energy, and uh, that's getting a lot of, uh, of talk. Food and energy being the things that are, uh, w w would I be wrong in arguing that they're the most volatile and they're, they're the most consumed, so therefore they have the most impact on, on inflation? Well, yeah, food, but also, um, yes, food and energy are those items, and you tend to remove those because they're the biggest impact. But what about housing? You know, th think about it. food, shelter, housing. Th those are the things that you're really concerned about, and housing is up 6% annualized. Now, again, I annualize the numbers. It's 5.7% if you look at just the last 12 months. So what do you do for a daily thing, Tony? You buy your food and you pay for your house. Those are your big-ticket items, and they're still up. Well, I'm looking at, and, and by the way, I, just because I have it in front of me as the uh, 12 month ended, that's the number I'm going to be using. I'll, I'll, I have no issue with you going with the annualized. I'm looking at new vehicles up 10.4% and used cars up 66 I got an offer on a 2014 minivan that I own. It's a 2014 freaking minivan, and people are willing to give me ungodly amounts of money for it. The problem is, what the hell do I buy when vehicles are up, uh, if, if I were to average those two together, 8%? Well, Tony, you know, think about it. Someone's going to offer you 6% more for your used car, and then you have to go buy a new car for 10% more. Sounds like you should hold on to your used car. It does sound like I should hold on to my used car. And, I, and so far, that that's what I've done. But I will admit, I have taken your advice, not that you're an investment guy, and I have uh, here and there gotten into more asset-related things, actual things with my dollars, versus just keeping the dollars because it becomes worth less over time because the inflation is increasing. So now we take a look at this number, this 8.5% number, which you state is the third highest on 
on record. What has to happen over the course of the next three months? We'll talk about it in political terms, gearing up to an election for people to think, okay, the economy, the economy is doing good. We're, we're, we're on the right path. I think what has to happen is corporate profits need to be up. The, the, the pace of hiring, which has increased, needs to be maintained. It needs to, that, that gap of worker shortage needs to be maintained. And they need to eliminate the supply chain short problems. Because remember, Tony, people, you know, Biden lied to us when he said the supply chain is fixed. It's not fixed. They've simply moved to different ports. They've moved to different ports. You know, Freightways.com, which tracks global ships, said that on July 28th, we had the second highest number of ships waiting off port. It just wasn't Long Beach. It was just other places in the country because they moved their ships. We still have the second highest in history, Tony. So a lot needs to change between now and November or for, the, for the president to, to, to do well politically from economic data. You're, I want to make sure I went over that again. You need to see corporate profits up. By what percent? By what number? You know what? I can't give you a number. I can tell you more than is expected. Right now, they're expected to be, slight, to be flat. The current market has built in flat profits. So unless we see increase in earnings, increase in revenue estimates, um, right now they're forecasted to be flat. So it's really expectations, Tony, more than the actual number. I have been discussing, sir, Dr. Matt Will, I'm talking to economist at University of Indianapolis. Um, uh, financial, uh, it's financial economist, not theoretical economist, correct? Correct. And by the way, my specialty is investments. You said not investments. It actually is my specialty is investments. But yeah, but my point was you don't manage my portfolio. We, we don't have no. a financial relationship. <laughs> I was just listening to you about cash on hand versus investing in actual, having actual stuff. Um, it was the Tony, Bank of England. You should have bought more used cars. You realize used cars would have been your best investment for your money. Well, I bought one, you know, and and, and what are you going to do? The Bank of England stated that in order to get to their 2% desired inflation threshold, that's going to take until 2025. 2025 is when they see the inflation getting back to the place where they're comfortable with things. Yet we in the United States saying, oh, gosh, look at the jobs report from last month. Oh, look, here's uh, where, where inflation is right now. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to engage spending of billions of dollars. And Moody's Financial Service said it will indeed bring down inflation in two to three years, the same as the Bank of England, where there's no conversation uh, uh, that I know of, of additional spending. So if we were going to get there in three years, that's what it was going to take. Time sometimes does heal some wounds, and hopefully you get some better policy in there. Uh, the, the economists that you know, the 230 that signed the letter, you would have signed the letter if it was offered to you saying, don't pass this legislation. Are more economists discussing that this spending is only going to exacerbate our problem? Yes, Tony. The only ones that aren't are ones that are pretty far to the left and those that are government economists. Even the S&P thing that you referenced, Tony, three years, you know what their increase was, the decrease? 0.3%. I would like everybody out there to imagine a 0.3% forecasted drop three years from now. That's, uh, you know, that's like, you know, what, trying to hit a target from a mile away with my uh, slingshot. I mean, good luck on hitting that one right. Um, but, Tony, you, you said it perfectly. It's the spending. 
I don't know if you want to get into the whole CHIPS Act, but the day after the CHIPS Act was signed, the entire microchip industry announced that they're pulling back production. So if you want to get into that, I'm fine. The CHIPS Act was um, about saying, hey, we need to be proactive in the space of building microchips. We need to be able to uh, deal uh, with with China properly. And there were those who said, uh, uh, National Review had, had editorials about this and others, this this legislation is not what we think it is. This legislation seems to give China a level of advantage. Uh, it moved so quickly, it moved quick, more quickly than I could really get a good handle on it. So discuss, to, explain to me where you see the issue is, and then talk to me about how the market moved. Well, Tony, we got hoodwinked because some of us thought that this was going to be a national security issue where there's going to be laws passed back in the 80s under Reagan where we said this is a national security, we need to manufacture chips here. Instead, it was a $280 billion pork barrel project where we're throwing money at the chip industry, and then the day after they made the announcement that we're going to subsidize chip makers, they announced that they're reducing production. Tony, they knew before they got that money. They knew they were going to reduce production. That is a bait and switch, and if not anything, it's an outright lie, and I wonder why the FBI isn't investigating these chip makers for withholding information before they got $280 billion from the government. So they took the dollars, and they're going to lower output so they can keep the price where it is? Micron, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, yes, Tony. That's exactly what they're doing. Well, you are just a ray of sunshine today, aren't you? Hey, we've had some rain, so you should be happy. It's, you know, you need the sunshine to overcome the overcast. That is Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. <sighs> so I'm, I'm not pleased with what I'm seeing thus far. This is basically where we're at. Uh, Dr. Will, I appreciate taking the time. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> The story about Representative Ocasio-Cortez in the Washington Examiner. I'm like, this is this is not how you tell a story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I hope you guys are doing great. AOC's district saw a 57% increase in major crimes under her tenure. It's not really her tenure, is it? Right? She's not the, the, the mayor. She's not a town councilor. She's, she's a member of Congress. Lots of places have seen an increase in crime. So I don't know if you can just apply it to her for her district. You can apply it to her for her attitude and for her ideology and for those she's connected to who all believe in destroying, attacking, vilifying, and removing cops from the job. They believe in lawlessness. They want to tear it all down. So you chip away at the things that allow a society to grow and prosper. You get rid of law enforcement. You get rid of the rule of law in general. You determine that all cops are bastards, whatever it is they call cops, and you decide that everything involving policing and laws is nothing more than bigotry. Dear Lord, math is racist. Being on time is racist. What other weird things are you going to get into to chip away at the idea that anybody should have any standards at all? That 
Representative Ocasio-Cortez is guilty of. When you phrase it as 57% increase in major crimes under her tenure, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. If you argue that Representative Ocasio-Cortez believes in cuts to policing budgets, she believes in defunding the police, she believes in getting rid of cops, that is a phenomenon the nation over from bigoted people, from awful terrible, rotten people like Rashida Tlaib, like Cori Bush, like Ayanna Presley, like Ilhan Omar, like Pramila Jayapal, and like Representative Ocasio-Cortez. So your issue is not Ocasio-Cortez, your issue is anybody who ascribes to and follows an ideology that guarantees absolute destruction for you, me, and we. Her policies are childlike nonsense temper tantrums that get people killed. She's terrible at her job. She's not responsible for what happens there in terms of crime. She has her fingerprints on being responsible for what has happened the nation over. Just the facts. You can want to fix levels of policing without thinking you should get rid of police. I'm Tony Katz.